Hi, welcome to Literaturely, a podcast about teaching literature. I'm Margaret Moth. And I'm Paige Wallace. And today we are diving into teaching film adaptations, which I think we're both super, super excited to do. Yeah, oh my gosh. Uh, so I guess uh, questions then, Margaret, have you taught like film adaptations in general or... In general, not for, like, a course geared only to film adaptations. I've just incorporated them into literature Yes, yeah, so, How about so same, right? So I have incorporated film into my literature courses, um, even, like, down to, like, a one-to-one ratio. So for, like, every book, I also mm-hmm. had a film to go with it. But I guess then we should start by kind of being transparent that we haven't taught, like, a... a film Yeah, class. like, an official film class. And so... That would be something that we would be interested in hearing other perspectives on. Yeah, I'd be really interested, especially so something I've been thinking about a lot lately, which I think I've mentioned before, is just thinking about like why film still seems to be typically in English departments instead of communication departments or art departments. And the main reason I come down to is just that we feel like it comes from the tradition of drama and English departments house drama and Shakespeare and all of that. So we get film. Okay. <laughs> but it, it's hard. So I'm, in general, I've been thinking about like, so why do English departments teach film? And also why do English departments teach drama? I know that's a very open-ended question, but it, it's tied for me to people who teach film studies. Like I really want to hear like what their experiences are, what their kind of objectives are, how they see themselves in the wider literature English landscape I know literature maybe is very niche and (laughs) but this is a literature pedagogy podcast so but yeah um one answer I've come up with myself and then I'll okay move things forward is just thinking about I don't know like if I was to teach a drama class thinking about like performance as a form of interpretation like thinking about how things are said how they look what what you want to emphasize in terms of meaning that like to do a performance you first have to have a clear interpretation of like themes motivations um and maybe thinking about performance as a form of literary analysis i think that's really interesting i think this idea of performance as interpretation is super super interesting and and it immediately makes me think about um hamilton Mm. and you know, it's recently been released on Disney Plus, and so it's making this sort of resurgence, I think. Um, but it's a really good example of performance as interpretation, I think. Yeah, and then like you can get into, especially with film studies, like the different types of performances, like how many versions of Romeo and Juliet exist on film, mm-hmm. and like how they emphasize different things. Like, West Side Story is emphasizing much different themes and concerns than the original Shakespeare production. And also, um, we could talk about Taming of the Shrew and the many, many hmm. representations of the of that text and how they all suck. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I, I stand by that. Not at the end, I know we're not at the end of the podcast to talk about dream courses yet, but is your dream course just... 
teaching Taming of the Shrew and all its versions and to convince people to not like 10 things about you? No. Like, because I would not be a good teacher for that class because I hate it so much that I'd just be like, this is fucking terrible. And so, no. That would not be my dream course because, yeah. They would just walk away and they'd be like, oh, the course objective was Paige hates all of these (laughs) films. And I would be like, yes, that's it. But why do we hate them? (laughs) (laughs) But so for for you, think, like, I want to turn around those earlier questions on to you. What's your goal when you include film adaptations? I think that I, so let me get my thoughts together. I have used a film adaptations model for introduction to literature to mm. so I and I did the one to one model there so for every novel I also did a film paired with it so like for Salvage the Bones by Jasmine Ward I did um Beast of the Southern Wild for and, and so I did that with a bunch of text and it helped open up some of the the ideas and themes to think about them and talk about like intertextuality even though these are two different texts they have these like similar themes that play out differently in the novel versus the the film but the ways that we interpret um still are really similar even if they're different modes right so the way we think about style in a novel and like tone we can also think about with um like camera angles and lighting in the film Mm -hmm. and so I think that it helps them see what they need to do in order to access the text in a way that's not just like summarizing it or regurgitating it, but is questioning it and engaging with it critically. It kind of reminds me of an exercise I would do in my comp classes. Yeah. I never really had time to do it in my lit classes. But um, we would do a film day where we would just watch scenes from different movies or TV shows and talk about the technique they were using and how they corresponded or correlated with the techniques we were using in writing essays. So, like, we'd watch the scene from Goodfellas, the one-take scene where they go underneath the restaurant through the kitchen to get to the head table to, like, talk about long takes versus long sentences. And we'd watch, like, a scene from... um, What's the Matt Damon movie? Um, I know that's that's a very broad question. <laughs> the the action movie he did about the spy is it like um, Jason? Forgot his like name. Like Jason Bourne. Jason yeah. Bourne, yeah. Bourne Identity. We'd watch we'd watch a, a scene from Bourne Identity where the camera angle's constantly moving to talk about that. Like a short sentences. So like short sentences are action packed, keep things going. Long sentences like immerse the reader, mm-hmm. give them time to process, um, and like you know, did things to talk about tone and all of that sort of stuff. But I think that gets to something we were talking about before we started recording today, which is that Christian Metz quote of "We all understand the movies, but how do we explain them?" And thinking about how our students watch way more movies than they read books watch plays read poetry even the voracious readers do our students know how to process or explain their thoughts on it do they know how to start reflecting on like the cultural influence film has and vice versa like and how we can use these to like start 
in class to start developing those skills or pointing out that they already have the skills that they're analyzing film already all the time yeah yeah I think that that's also something that we talked about before we started recording that we want to nod to is that a lot of times students do have the tools to analyze film they're already engaging in analysis um in online spaces when they're excitedly talking about or checking reddit for game of thrones or mm-hmm. right solving the westworld season finale before it airs yeah exactly and and then when you point out like to them that this is analysis this is a sort of critical take or can be a critical take on on the film they're very surprised by that right so i often will use like um the YouTube, like, short analysis of films. And, and like, their reviews, right? So, like, YouTube mm-hmm. reviews of film. There's a really good one that I... For Harry Potter, Prisoner of Azkaban. That's so good. And I can't remember the name now. But anyway, I, I often will bring that, that exact example up and show it to them and ask, like, like, what do they think about the review? Like, what does this author do um in order to review the film and make you think differently about it and and they find that to be really interesting and that's actually kind of nice too that there's so many different types of writing about movies that they are familiar with but that correspond with the way we write write about literature so like a film review a film analysis uh you know a film Maybe not. They're maybe they're not as familiar with like a theoretical essay about maybe film, not. But um, but regardless, like that, you can start using that to to think about the writing about critiquing and taking those skills. Um, so, I mean, I guess those all kind of answer how do you why would you incorporate film into a lit class? Maybe not as much why we would want to teach a film class entirely, but I think you could see why we would be interested in teaching a film class. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but with that, so if you, when you get the chance to start incorporating films, how do you go about choosing what you're going to feature? Well, so I think that this is a really good episode to kind of revisit the importance of like figuring out your course objectives before Mm -hmm. you start choosing your text. Um, because again, as I'm so guilty of being really excited about teaching specific texts and just sort of choosing them, um, and like choosing them first and then tailoring everything else around it. And so in an effort to try not to do that anymore, I would say like figuring out specifically what your course objectives are and what they have to do with a specific sort of set of films. Does that make sense, Margaret? No, it totally does. Yeah. So... Um, if you, when you've done it in the past, cause you talked a little about that one for one class. Yeah. So how did you, did, so was that like a case where you were picking the novels first and how they corresponded with your objectives and then thinking about films that related to the novels or were you picking the films somewhat, like obviously they had to connect, yeah. but was it somewhat independently or? No, so I was picking the, the, I picked the novels first cause it was intro to literature and mm-hmm. I wanted to like I used do you know Emily Dickinson's slant rhyme yeah so I was thinking about 
that and like what is slant adaptation so an adaptation that's not actually an adaptation right per se in the sort of traditional way we define it but in which it's an adaptation of similar themes and so uh I wanted there to be enough similarities between the films that the students could see, like, them in conversation with each other, but I also didn't choose any that were actual, like, straight adaptations because I wanted them also Mm -hmm. to be different. So my course objectives were really tied to thinking about uh, eco-critical text uh, and themes like uh, apocalypse and colonization. So we did Salvage the Bones, which I mentioned earlier, um, and talked about like natural disasters, and then we paired that with Beasts of the Southern Wild, which is like almost. I, I don't, is it mad? Like, would you say it's magical realism? It definitely felt for the majority of the film to me like it wasn't taking place in our world, yeah. and then suddenly it was right. And so we use that as a way to talk about how climate change feels like something that's happening in the far off distance, but it's actually like grounded in the here and now. You don't know it until it impacts you directly. Um, and then we also talked about Arrival with Amy Adams and um, Long Division and like how language can be a way to access past and then how the past plays out differently for different groups of people. And so the idea of apocalypse is really relative, right? So um, mm. apocalypse has happened for some people, right? In terms of like yeah. their communities and, and culture being destroyed by colonization or colonizing mm. powers. So that was my a little bit of my process and it was more based around what themes I wanted them to have a better understanding of and so I chose my books first and then worked out what films paired well with that Mm. that's interesting that sounds like a really cool class um so how did your students like did you notice any patterns in the way they would talk about the pairings like the book and the film yeah uh so At first, the first book we did was Salvage the Bones, and they were like, what are we doing with the, with this? Um, and I had them watch the film at home just because of time constraints, so, like, we couldn't watch it together. And I really wish that I had a setup where we could watch them together. I think that that makes a difference in film classes. If you can, like, schedule, like, a specific time for your class, like, an extra whatever to watch the films. Um, but... It right away I realized in that class that the film almost always helped them go back to the the novel. And so, like, for example, we talked about Salvage the Bones as a coming-of-age novel, and not a lot of people had things to say in discussion posts or in class about coming-of-age. Because it felt like, well, coming of age is just someone growing up, right? Um, And Mm -hmm. it didn't feel like something that they had a lot to say for. And it wasn't until after they watched Beasts of the Southern Wild that they seemed to be able to go back to the book and really start unpacking some of the Mm -hmm. characters and this, this sort of journey of coming of age and seeing like okay we've got our main character who's coming of age but there's also coming of age stories that are are happening around her and so I think that that worked out really well 
the same happened with uh, Long Division and Arrival. They Long Division is a bit of a confusing book to read. They all liked it a lot. I love it. And they but then they watched Arrival and they were like, "Oh, this movie is crazy and it's about aliens and language and time and the book can be crazy too and be about time and language and I can think outside of the box of just like whatever the author's telling me and question like is time what is time in this book Mm -hmm. um and so there were a lot of examples I feel like that gave them like permission to think and talk about some of these themes um just like more critically and more in depth and more than just like what's on the page because the film almost like it opened them up to thinking okay so here's what's on the page and what I have from the text how can I take it a step further though and read for more yeah yeah that sounds like what we were saying before of like students are more comfortable watching and thinking about movies and that helps them translate those skills to literature it sounds like they were doing just that in your classroom of like like watching the movie and just having all of those doors swing open yeah to going back to the novel be like oh like yeah and like even like we finished that semester with miss marvel which i know you've taught miss marvel and it this is this i didn't love teaching teaching miss marvel because it was just very like flat for them like they were just like here's what's happening but I do think it was useful to to pair it I paired it with the Netflix it well I don't know if it's a Netflix film but it's on Netflix the breadwinner it's a animated film um it's under like the family and kids section but it's pretty dark um (laughs) but it's also this idea of like saving yourself and being a hero in this world that's completely like out of control but it's set in the Middle East as well. Um, not that Miss Marvel is, but it's set in the Middle East. And, and so we were able to kind of take Miss Marvel and think through, like, some of the themes that were underlying, right? Um, and the fact that she's the first, like, Muslim, like, uh, Marvel superhero. Um, and mm-hmm. how our protagonist and the breadwinner is a Muslim, like a young Muslim girl. And we think about those characters like as not having agency. Yeah. And in these two texts, they do have agency. Um, and what does that mean that they're saving like the world or themselves? Why is that important? So I feel like I'm talking a lot. No, but that's interesting. Cause I'm thinking about like, that sounds like it would work so well for an intro to literature course because in high school, at least my experience, was like you learn what characterization is and like how to point to moments in the novel and say like, this is a moment of characterization. But it's not until college that you start thinking about like the implications of characterization, like the nuances of it, the problems with it. Um, And so that that sounds like a great way to get students to think about like the ethics of characterization and how we can critique a characterization or like demand or or how we can take characterization a step further or challenge typical character like it just sounds like a really effective way to take a technique that they're familiar with and start getting them to the next level with it yeah Um, and that that's exciting 
Um, which kind of also, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm spiraling now. A lot of yeah, ideas. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's just exciting to think about. Hopefully everyone is spiraling along with well, us. Well, so, okay. We then have kind of talked about how we choose our text. So let's recap a little, because I feel like I've, I've been a little all over the place. So we've talked about how we can use film um, to think about, like, analysis and interpretation and evaluation and, like, being, like, critically engaged, right? Uh, Which actually, sorry, yeah, just to no, go for jump it. in. I don't know if we've talked totally about evaluation. I think film is, like, a really great way to get students to go beyond just liking or not liking mm. because they're so ready to tell you why a film is effective or ineffective where they're, like, you know, the special effects are terrible or the acting's really great or whatever and so you can start building off of yeah like, okay like <laughs> yeah I think that you're right that's a really good point to bring up um and to ask them to interrogate like their role as spectator right and so to bring us I think that's one of our other objectives is to to kind of do that work of what does it mean that you react to this film in this way right let's have like mm-hmm. let's talk through some questions about experience and this realization that not everyone is going to have the same reaction to a film that you have yeah and why is that the case where you can like think about audience reception theories with that but you can also think about cultural context Mm -hmm. like how do films age um or how do films translate to other cultures or other demographics right um and i think that that point also um sort of brings us back to whether or not we would want to screen films as a class, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, my experience, I have not incorporated film as heavily as you have in your classes. I always like end up picking one or two, mm-hmm. and so I do tend to, air, I don't know, air it, view it, whatever. In class, yeah. we watch it in class, um, which means that I actually don't do film in class I do TV shows because of time constraints so like the logistics of how do you choose what to watch or what visual adaptations um a lot of mine are first dictated about what fits in the time period Mm -hmm. (laughs) and also what is available to me to in that classroom setting um but thinking about we I watched Handmaid's Tale the first episode with my students Um, of the Hulu adaptation and that meant that luckily they'd already read the novel so we still had some brief trigger warnings but they there weren't as many surprises it wasn't like they were going to be caught off guard but it's a lot different to read a scene that features sexual assault than it is to watch Mm -hmm. it Um, sometimes I think it's easier to watch violence than to read it Um, in terms of when you when you're watching a movie that has violence you can close your eyes and it keeps happening so you can rejoin at your leisure Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like text sometimes make us complicit to an extent we are the ones making it happen by reading but you have to read to get through it but on the flip side you can't imagine what you don't know always so like if you're not as familiar with violence like it's more abstract on the page than it is on the screen so sometimes it is more upsetting to watch it um 
and and kind of processing violence or sexual violence in a group is a lot more challenging than I think watching it individually where you don't have to filter your emotions or worry about like your classmates being like, why are they crying? Right. Um, but in my experiences, I, I, I showed that a few times and we didn't have any issues. I did give them the option that they didn't have to come in that day. They, they could watch it from home if they wanted. Um, but one of the reasons I chose that and that we watched it as a class was one, I wanted to make sure they had all had access to it. I didn't want them to have to purchase Hulu or anything, but I also wanted us to have those immediate reactions together so they could see like how they were viewing it as themselves, but also what sort of effect these techniques would have on a larger collective. And... I, I feel like now I'm like hitting a bunch of points in a row, so feel free to interrupt me whenever. Um, but the other reason I chose Handmaid's Tale to, to feature as the adaptation was that it's filmed decades later, so the cultural conversation about gender, about religion, about civil rights have, have changed. Like It's a, the same in a lot of ways, but it's changed. And so I wanted them to see how that would affect the way a storyteller would tell the story so how, how is it different and why is this a response both to the changing cultural climate also a change to the medium and work through that so like we spent a lot of time talking about um race in handmaid's tale and, and the critiques of the novel as being whitewashed and maybe why that's not entirely fair um and then with the show how the show tries to make a more diverse cast, why that might be effective, why that might fall short. Um, and we also talked about like the techniques, like how do you capture the spirit of a novel um, in a different mm -hmm. form. So it was nice because it's, it was short enough that we could watch it together and then have the conversation of the immediate reaction and then pick it up the next class and have a more right. intense conversation that was longer and more processed, but they still would be like, Oh yeah. Like how everyone, you know, gasped at this part. Like we were all yeah, surprised. Right, yeah. Um, but it's hard, I guess. So how, how have you like chosen which ones you can maybe air in class and get that like group spectatorship and which are you more okay with like individual? Viewing? Yeah. So I actually did not show any of them in class in that introduction mm -hmm. to literature because every film was paired with a text. And so it didn't give us a lot of time to do anything except for talk about the text, um, right? The films and the novels. I have shown, I don't know that I've shown any actual films in class. Maybe I show, in a different class, I think I might have shown Beast of the Southern Wild in like two parts. And, but like you, I've, I've been limited by time. And so often I'll do like a TV show or something. And so I guess like part of my dream course would just to be able to have a designated like screen time. Um, mm -hmm. Like, you know, in, on, in addition to in class time. Yeah. yeah. Which is difficult to work out. That. I mean, yeah. yeah. I once had an optional screen time when we had that hurricane makeup 
Yeah, sure. We had to do, yeah. So we did it that they could either watch, it was still with The Handmaid's Tale, but I just took it from when we would have watched it in class and made it um, our makeup class where we did it at night. We had a reserved room. Mm -hmm. People could bring in snacks. So it was fun. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But it also meant that we only had, I think, like half the classics would come. Right. Because it was just, which... You know, it's a makeup day. So right. It is what it yeah. is. Um, but there is something fun, too. Like, I've never done it in class where we, like, bring in food. It was just that makeup day. But now I'm thinking that could be a fun way to talk about the larger viewing experience. Um, in terms of, like, with a movie, like, Get Out, like, everyone talked about the viewing it at, with an audience and having that collective experience. But also, I was lucky enough in college uh, I took when I took a film class we had to watch Casablanca and it happened to be its anniversary so Regal was showing it in theaters and we were in college my roommate was in the class with me we went like for a Wednesday matinee right. and we were the youngest people in the theater by like 60 years <laughs> <laughs> and it was the most fun movie experience I like had had to that point because it was an audience filled with people who had seen this movie many times over and they were still responding as if it was the for the first time like they would they would gasp <laughs> they would laugh like they were quite, as if they had never seen it before and it was really really fun because it got you swept up into it like the, there's that sort of yeah benign mob mentality <laughs> <laughs> we're all feeling this together right. <laughs> yeah um and it might be fun to do that like if you could kind of recreate uh, that, that movie theater experience in your classroom. Like, we have those big whiteboards. Right. <laughs> You're already halfway there. Yeah. Take tickets at the door, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> that actually would be kind of fun. Um, you could even, like, if you went that route, have them read Marshall McLuhan to, talk, like, think about hot, cool media oh, yeah. with adaptations. Absolutely. And how, like, that sort of affects the different audience relationship mm-hmm. um and i've also i've never that's not true i think i have done marshall McLuhan in a lit class before but i typically do it in my comp classes obviously and my freshmen like that they love it that's the thing they always come back to um which is really interesting and really fun but i think if you were doing film adaptation that could be a way to get them interested in not just film but comparing it to mm-hmm. literature in a really meaningful yeah, way. Yeah, I think you're right. So have you taught your students in these classes? Like, do, have you done specific film analysis uh, assignments? Yeah, so I usually start with, uh, like, some sort of assignment where I give them, like, a packet of terminology and short articles um, analyzing film. So I use like a intro to film studies kind of text. And I just have a PDF of this and, and it is a packet. It's like 50 pages. And I'm like, take this and skim it. And my goals there are to kind of start talking to them about a working vocabulary mm-hmm. for how to talk about films because we want to move past, like, I liked it, I didn't like it, the actors were good, they were bad, whatever, right? Um, And so, what do you need in order to, like, 
what tools do you need in order to talk about film differently than that? And it sounds basic, but really having a glossary of terms right off the bat helps them figure out um, how, like, what's being asked of them and how they, how I want them to start thinking and analyzing and talking about the films that they watch. That's, that's really helpful. And so what I'll do is I'll section that pack it off for myself and bring up really specific instances throughout the semester um, and say like, okay, you know, we're going to talk about symbols in films today. And you'll notice like in your packet on page 34, there's a whole section on symbolism in film, you know, and, and then I'm, and then I say like, okay, so let's, let's put that to work in the t- in the film that we watch for. So I do feel like, especially in the introduction to literature class, I spoon feed them a little bit. Espe- mm-hmm. and, and less so as we go along in the semester. And with that glossary of terms, I'll try and compare it to some of the literary analysis that we're doing. So how do these things translate? So very much like you were talking about earlier with like, long shot, short, right? So long sentences versus short sentences, like stuff like that. So the way we talk about style in a novel is similar to how we talk about, you know, like the filmography in a, like a film, right? Yeah. Uh, or is it, is filmography a word? Did I just make that up? Cinematography. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. Thanks, Margaret. I knew what you meant. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, I... That's my first sort of line of defense. What kind of things do you do? So I do, in the past, I've done a film analysis, which is their first like writing assignment. Mm-hmm. That In that class, they did the annotation assignment first, so they learned how to kind of pinpoint techniques, and then the film analysis is where they picked it up. And... I used it to really drive home, like, how do you create a thesis statement? So we talked about picking one specific thing from the movie. So in that uh, class, they had watched Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Mm -hmm. We watched it all together. Um, Which is also great to pinpoint, like, moments of humor, that it's easier to talk about, like, but that's a whole different thing. Um, So we all watched Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And, like, they had to pick one specific thing. And so they might pick, like, music. And then we talked about, okay, now you have to pick your argument. And then they had to think about, like, why it mattered. Right. So, like, as a class, we, like, came up with something like uh, how, like, music was used in the film for political purposes, revealing how propaganda plays on community emotions. Right. Something like that. Right. And we talked about, like, how these are rough thesis statements. And then, like, with an, um, as you pick your your evidence from the film you'll slowly polish that thesis statement to tighten it and make it more representative what you're saying clear all of that and we they worked in partners for it somewhat like to that they weren't necessarily writing the paper together but as once they picked their topics there were overlaps so it'd be them working together to talk through Mm -hmm. like how they might have come to different conclusions about the same right. scene of, and, and why and could they support what they were saying to someone who didn't see that interpretation? Right, right. Could you justify it? Um, so that was really fun, like, to have that sort of in-class work and they wanted you know, they like talking about movies, so they were pretty focused doing it. 
And then eventually, you know, they got to their analysis. And it was short, but it was good practice for them when they wrote about the mm-hmm. novel later on. Yeah. That they had that skill set developed. Yeah, so I do something kind of like that, but instead of having them choose, like, a, a theme or, or well, I, I don't know, you were having them choose, like, not necessarily a theme, but, like, what? Yeah, like, so, really anything, anything. they Anything, okay. So, like, the specific subject, I, ch- I chose out music, but it could be, like, the performance okay. of George Clooney. Okay. Or they just had to be narrow enough, and we talked about, like, how do you mm-hmm. narrow things. So, like, I think at one point someone just said, like, the depiction of religion. Yeah. And it was, like, too broad. Right. There's too many forms of religion in this. Like, which one? And, like, or if they just said the acting, where it's, like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> many, many actors. You have, like... Uh, a thousand words you gotta yeah okay so that that that's really similar to what I do except for I have them choose a specific scene that can't be more than like four minutes long so really something really short that they think is important um and important to a specific theme and so they'll pick a theme that they think is like important to the film and then okay so what's a short scene that informs this theme and then they have to Mm -hmm. summarize it for us and then write up a really short analysis right so and in that analysis I basically phrase it as like that analysis is you drawing connections to your theme so take your sort of toolbox of or your glossary of terms and figure out which of those terms will help you make connections and bridge like what's happening in just that four minutes and what's happened and like and the the theme and so if you have someone who's never seen this film before could you summarize this short clip and then give your analysis of it and it would be clear to this person who's not seen the film the connections between the theme and and that short clip that's fun and and like you can really see how that would translate to thinking about literature. And I'm now thinking, like, if you teach film adaptations in your class, it kind of opens up what sort of final projects you can offer your students at the end of the semester. So, like, you could have your students, like, opt to create their own adaptation of a text that you read in class. and. When I, when I have students do, like, I've had students do creative writing projects in the past, and they have to write an analysis for me explaining their work, like, what techniques they chose, why they think they're, that's effective, how, and how that reflects what we covered in the course. So you could have them, like, do, like, create a film for the class, uh, ad- adapting one of the texts and explain, like, why they chose to do this, <laughs> what they think they bring to the table to fill in the gaps with the novel or whatever. Yeah. So really I fun. had, um, like, a semester-long project. One of the options for that Introduction to Lit class was to, be, to like, do a Review Critics podcast. Um, mm-hmm. And so because it was a semester long and it was their final project they had to do like I think it was four episodes um but it was something like that and so four 20 minute episodes throughout the semester and they had like because you if you're listening to us then you know that I really like semester long projects (laughs) um and so they had like staggered due dates like the first ones do this part of the semester so on and so forth and then at the end they reflected on it but they did the review critic um podcast and they had to choose text that we hadn't used in class but had similar themes and it could Mm. be 
film, television, but it also needed to be like one actual text text. And so they had a lot of freedom with it, but it was fun because they, we talked about like, okay, so what's the tone you want to have as a review critic, right? You want to be, it's your opinion and you want to be fun with it and you want to have fun with it, but you also want to be an authority, right? You're going to make me believe what you're telling me about this text and they got really into it and like some of them photoshopped their album covers um with like very severe pictures of themselves you know like yeah so that was fun I enjoyed it yeah which is then like kind of fun because you get into almost like the meta like meta project where it's them considering the performativity of a critic oh man also though like two people it was two students that I'd had in multiple, like, I'd had them in comp, and then I had them in this intro to lit class, and they both did a, like, a album cover where they had, like, glasses on, and they were very severe, and I was like, is this me? I hope this isn't me. <laughs> oh, I hope it was. I'm not kidding. Like, I think I'm too jokey for them to think of me as severe. Uh, that, so, it was more of, like, oh, Paige will enjoy this depiction of a crit, of a critic, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I did. It's the Steve Jobs kind of figure, even though he's not a critic, but, like, thinking about, like, you could even have a discussion, if you wanted to go really meta, of how film depicts English classes and English professors. Oh, man. how does that line up with the experience? Would you jump on a desk is the question. <laughs> I know because one time I've fallen off of a desk just by sitting. I don't need to was risk this, further. Was injury. this in a class you were teaching? That's the key question. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now no one needs to be embarrassed. Just think of Margaret falling on the off of a desk. My students were so concerned. It was very sweet, <laughs> but also mortifying. <laughs> Oh, with that, um, what is your dream course mm, today, Paige? I So, okay, so my dream course would be to teach um, an ecofilm class, mm. and my goals would be to sort of disrupt some of those common myths about nature versus culture. So, nature as, like, really far away and um, distant and like culture as or humanity as superior as ruler over nature all those things right um and I think I would set this class up with a theoretical text like Timothy Morton's Ecology Without Nature or the Ecological Thought and then divide it based on genre and then have two film like two films in each genre that uh touched on disrupting some of those stereotypes or disrupting the nature culture binary and so because the reason why I would set it up this way is that I feel like ecofilm a lot of times becomes just a class about apocalyptic films Mm -hmm. um and I would definitely have that as a genre but I would want to talk about other things like documentary so something like uh grizzly man um, or like mm-hmm. rivers and tides, right? But I, I would want to talk about those things. And even then also texts that have this sort of American pastoralism or even like thinking about the American West and masculinity 
Um, so I might think about like something like Brokeback Mountain and bring in um, the short story that's based on it and then talk about like queerness and eco theory, right? So um, the like these intersections between the, those theories and how thinking about those particular intersections really disrupts nature culture binaries across the board. So that's a class I'm really excited about, um, uh, like as a potential future class. Uh, but what's your dream course, Margaret? Well, before I share mine, I have a follow-up yeah. question for you because now you have me thinking about genres and eco narratives. Is there one like that you would think of for like rom- romantic movies, any go for it, or like romantic comedies? Like, would like uh, uh, here, what is it, Kira Knightley? Is that yeah? I, why do I want to call her Kira? Okay, Kira Knightley, like in the all of her period pieces, like are those like pastoral or? Oh, I don't know. I, I think maybe. I'd have to rewatch some of them um, and think about like the sublime, um, yeah. but maybe. And I definitely now that you bring it up, I feel like I want to think more about uh, would I have a genre that looked at like romance films or romantic comedies because that's completely like it feels like something that's completely disconnected from eco theory right or eco eco film and maybe it's not i did just think of titanic and that's a little bit more apocalyptic (laughs) nature says you can't be with your boyfriend (laughs) i mean i think i would talk about it with like the capital scene and like uh Mm -hmm. you know uh how capitalism is bad for (laughs) um the people on the Titanic, and so that's, yeah, that's fun. I'm now gonna be like thinking of wait. I don't know. It's giving me a lot to think about. But I'll just say so. My um, dream course today, I had a lot that were coming to mind, so it's hard to pick one. But I think I would go with like <laughs> taking place that has been turned into film, which I know is standard, and so I'd have to refresh it. But what I'd be particularly interested in is thinking about the technique of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do we read it on the page versus how do we see it? Um, and like I would consider maybe picking more than one adaptation of the same play um, to work through that. And thinking about things like... My, my teacher in high school said this, and I think about it all the time (laughs) where he said King Lear is Shakespeare's worst play but best work and he was just like it doesn't work on stage um but thinking about like maybe it works as a film um also I've seen adaptations of Lear on stage that do work it's just in terms of the available technology but think like I would want to you know just really think through the way these techniques are used to tell stories that and move students beyond content. Um, so it's not just like whether or not it's realistic or fun or relatable, but like how is the story being communicated to us? And I think that it would be really fun and like having the final project of what I was saying earlier, like 
creating your own adaptation or, you know, analyzing one of the ones we watched, but it's not fully thought out, but I'm most excited about that in terms of a strict adaptation class. I mean, (laughs) and it doesn't have to be fully thought out to be your dream course. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm going to reiterate what you said at the beginning of the episode. I really, really would love to hear from people who have taught film classes and see what their experiences are, what they suggest, what we kind of got wrong in our speculation today. Yeah, absolutely. So. Okay. Awesome. So I guess that's it for us today. <laughs>